0: On smart thermostats, sensor-driven assembly lines, and electronically monitored farms, the Internet of Things is producing huge volumes of data. To take advantage of that data, an application needs tools for storing and analyzing that data. Today's guest is Jean-Christophe Simono, the CTO of Manubo, a cloud platform for connected objects. And today we walk through the architecture of Manubo and the use cases of an IoT analytics platform. Thanks to Manuel Vontran and Eduardo Simon for contributing to the preparation of this show. If you want to get involved and contribute to Software Engineering Daily, you can go to softwareengineeringdaily.com. I'm looking for people who are interested in hosting shows or who are interested in just getting involved in the community and collaborating with me on outlines so I can ask better questions. You can also find links to the Slack channel or my Twitter or my email address. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get some feedback, and I'd love to know who you are. So please send me email, send me Twitter, tweets, tweetings. Jean-Christophe Simino is the CTO of Manubo, a cloud platform for connected objects. Jean-Christophe, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Thanks, uh, Serge, thanks, for having me. So we're talking about Manubo today, which is an IoT analytics platform that you are a part of. And let's start off by just talking about IoT analytics broadly. We've had platforms for mobile analytics and website analytics for a pretty long time. How does IoT analytics differ? Yes,
1: yeah, so usually the the web analytics, you know, it's always based on, you know, managing logging and page view and clicks. So usually it's it's always the same, right? You you you, you do analytic on how many time my page was uh, was viewed and how many clicks did I have on the on my page and uh, And it's, it's, I would say, always the same thing. But on IoT IoT analytics, it varies a lot, right? You can have a connected fridge, you can have connected cars, you can have a a lot of connected objects. So it's, it's not really the same, right? It's, uh, you, you always have to, um, to adapt on the, on the, the connected object itself, itself.
0: What are the different kinds of IoT analytics? What are the different areas where IoT analytics is useful?
1: I would say there is, in my point of view, there is two area. There is the IoT analytics for the uh, for the user of the connected object, and there is the uh, the area for the um, object maker itself. So um, the uh, the uh, the user of the uh, the connected object will. Pro- we probably want, you know, if, if you have a connected thermostat, will be okay. Give me the average temperature of my home during the last uh, the, the, the last week, or give me the number of hours that my connected thermostat uh, has been on. So th- this is the kind of you know uh, uh, I, uh, analytics that, that that can be answered for the uh, for the end user. But on the uh, on the object maker maker side, there is a more analytics that, that you can that you can do, I, I would say. So the um, you know you can have uh, how my product is being used, how my product perform, how my, my product uh, or how my users are engaged with my with, with my product. So it's um, I would say the uh, the the, 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 the um, object maker side of the 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 IoT analytics.
0: Okay, so you started Manubo in 2012. What were the IoT applications that people were actually using it
1: for in the beginning? So, yes, so in 2012, our main customers were, were mainly, um, I would say, wearables uh, wearables uh, object maker, like like connected watch. Okay, and how are they using it? So actually, they were using it to to know how they are, because you know when, when you sell a watch, just after you've sold the watch, you don't even know how the watch is being used, right? So they were using it to know how how the watch the watch was used. Is the watch used right after you've, you've bought the watch, or uh, do you wear the the, the the watch every day? Do you, or do you put it in a drawer for for the week and you use it only the, over the weekend? Do you use it when you do some sport, or do you use it when you when you go uh, at work? So the, the the main the main reason that they were using the the, the analytic for, for for smartwatch was how my watch is being used after I've sold the watch.
0: Okay, so. You know, I think smartwatches are interesting because, as I understand, a lot of the components that go into a smartwatch are basically the same components that go into a smartphone. They're just reconstituted, reconfigured. And and with these components, I can measure acceleration and geolocation and perhaps temperature, maybe some other things. So these commodity IoT sensors that are found in watches and smartphones – are these the same types of sensors that are getting commodified into broader IOT sensors, like things in farms and, and, and factories and whatnot?
1: The, 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 the answer is yes, but you can measure pretty much everything, right? You can measure, you, you can measure, you can have sensor for presence. You can have of for measuring the humidity, the luminosity, the vibration, the quality of oils. You i would say that pretty much uh, everything can pretty much be measured hmm
0: okay so uh what are the machine learning algorithms that can be applied to this uh, this data like what is it what are the impor- what are the fundamental machine learning algorithms that can be applied to understand this i o t data
1: so you know there is a lot of noise around uh, around machine learning but uh, I would say that there is no generic algorithm that can apply to to, to everything. Usually you can use clustering algorithm, you can use regression, but it really depends on the use cases. And it depends also on the nature of the data. So uh, I would say that you can use all machine learnings or all algorithms, but you will have to kind of fit this algorithm in the use case that you are trying to build.
0: Okay. So uh, generically, a IoT uh, analytics use case has this large volume of data. They're trying to do some sort of detection with that data, or they're trying to run some kind of machine learning algorithm. And like you said, there's no generic one size fits all uh, mm-hmm. algorithm. So the the Manubo platform starts with a data model. And I want to to dive into this, this platform because it's uh, it it gives us a broader description of how IoT analytics can be can be used by a by a customer. So, with this data model, the the Manubo data model, there are three basic components. There's an object, an owner, and events. Define these three components. Explain how this data model fits around the the set of IoT analytics use cases.
1: Yes, you know, first when when you want to do. Analytics, you have to define a model, right? It's it's really hard to to get data that are not or for which you don't have a model and try to do analytics. After all, you you, you need to. I, I'm going to give you an example, right? Let's say that that I'm receiving uh, a sensor data, and this sensor data is a temperature, right? So usually a temperature is a numeric value, but at some point for whatever reason in this data point, you receive a string. So let's say that you receive 20 as the temperature, 25, and then you receive a string for whatever reason. So if you ask, give me the number of data point I got for my temperature, you will have three data points, right? So the answer will be three. So now if you ask, give me the average temperature, so you will have 25 plus 20 plus the other document for which you don't have a value, and the average temperature will not be the expected one, which is actually 22.5, right? It's going to be 20 plus 25 Plus zero divide by three, which is not the, the the real value that you are expecting so it's why you know at some point you need to define an object model on the uh, on the on the, the Nubo platform as you said, there is three concepts or three main concepts you have the, uh, the you have the owner you have the object and you have the event. the owner is usually the um, you know the, obj- the the owner of the connected object and in this uh, in this um, in, in, in the data model of the owner, you can have some information regarding, you, you know, this address, his address, the zip code, the age, the, you know, all kind of personal information. For the object, it's more of, you know, the um, the uh, the static information about the about the object. Let's say the brand, the color of the object, the software version that the the, the object is running on. All the value that usually doesn't change or don't change that that much. Okay. And
0: so, so could you could you give an example use case for how I like just I'm a generic person. Maybe I've got a, a maybe I've got a watch platform. Let's say I have an IoT watch platform. In this case, what are the object, the owner, and the types of events that would come with this watch?
1: For the owner is going to be the information regarding the owner let's say that the where the 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 owner is living for the object itself it's going to be you know the 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 software version on which the 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 watch is running or the color of the brand of the 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 watch um all the information that are not that are really linked to the to to the object and for the event it's going to be um, uh, let's say that you have some functionality on the watch that each time you press a button it 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 trigger an action so it's going to be you know the event related to the action that the watch uh, will be taking when you press the button Okay Does so why not
0: yes absolutely so why don't you take us through the interaction between the the watch or or any IoT sensor that might occur on the platform and the ingestion point at Manubo servers and what what happens between the event creation and event ingestion and processing
1: so so first of all it's so the, the, there is the, I would say there is two step uh, when you when you define or three step when you define your your object into the the, the nubo platform the first one is uh, defining your object model as i said so uh, defining all the attribute for the uh, for the object itself and defining all the sensor data that the platform will receive the temperature the humidity the the the, the, the speed the, the speed of the wind all these event that are data point and that we usually call time series when you define your object model you have to to go with the injection right you have to match this object model which with what you you will be sending to the platform so first you, you will have to create the owner that will be using this this object Then you will have to create or to provision the object itself and then you will be able to, to post data on this uh, on this uh, on this object does it make sense
0: certainly so once those events start You've, you've made your data model and those events start coming off of the smartwatch or whatever device we're talking about. Mm-hmm. How At what rate are those events coming in and, and what kinds of processing and ingestion are you doing at the
1: server side? Okay, so the rate of the event depends on, on the object itself, right? You can have scheduled events. So let's say that every 10 minutes you have a fridge that is sending a report. Or you have events that are triggered by the uh, by the user of the object. Let's say that uh, the a door open. The, the, the owner of the fridge open the door of the, tr- the, the, the 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 fridge, and it triggers an event that is door open. So usually it depend, you know, uh, on the, uh, the, the 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 object itself. Um, so what, what what was the the, the other question? So how, so
0: what what happens on the server side with the event ingestion and processing?
1: So when 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 the, the Nubo platform receives the uh, the event itself, so the the event is going to be I would say enriched for, for for the user. So each time the I, I take the the example of the fridge, the the, the connected fridge. So the the, the uh, each time there is a door open, the, the connected fridge will send an event door open and an associated temperature of the inside temperature of the of the fridge. Right, so the the, the platform has the ability of enriching this event with, for example, the uh, all the attributes linked to the uh, to, to, to the. Uh, to, to the object itself, because when the, the, the fridge will post the, um, the event, it will just say, okay, fridge number 10 is posting a temperature of 8 degrees, but it's, it's going to be translated into the back end in, in an event that is, okay, the owner, uh, Jeff Meyerson, uh, has posted for the fridge... Uh, number ten an event so we will enrich the, the the event itself with all the attribute of the owner and all the attribute of the uh, the, the the object itself so that means that you will be able to 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 to, to ask query like uh, give me the average temperature for all the users that live around Seattle and uh, group by the the brand of the of, of the of the fridge so that means that we, we we do not just record the event itself, but we enrich the event with all the attributes that are linked to the object itself.
0: And what are the technologies that you use for event queuing and event processing?
1: So, actually, it's uh, so we have the uh, we have the the uh, what what we call the ingestion, which is the first uh, the, the the entry of the platform. It's uh, it's uh, basically a REST server. And then we receive the event, we, we, we do some basic validation, mean that the, uh, the, 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 the object that is sending the event is known by the platform and it is authorized by the platform to post event. And then right after we use Kafka to put this event straight into Kafka queues. So basically the, uh, the, uh, the ingestion mechanism is based on, uh, on Kafka queues.
0: Okay, and after the events get dequeued from Kafka, do they go into Storm or Spark or Flink or no. some other stream processing system?
1: No, actually so that there is we have what we call um two 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 Kafka queues I would say, but it's it's not the right word. So we have the what we call the the raw event which which are the event that are received directly from the, uh, from, the, uh, from the connected object. And we have what we call the rich event, the event that have been enriched by the, by the platform. So, and uh, so the, the event gets into the ingestion uh, microservice, which is basically, as I said, an uh, HTTP server. It's, it is, it's been passed into a Kafka queue, which is what I've described, the raw, uh, the, the raw event queue. This is read by what we call an enricher that is going to enrich the data. Then this rich event is going to be passed into another Kafka queue. And then we will have what we call uh, data exporter, which are the process that read from this rich Kafka queue and write into our backend storage. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's basically the, the, the way that the, the, the data... Uh, are processed by the platform. So as I said, so we receive the data, we, 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 we put those raw data in a, in a Kafka queue, then we have some enricher in between that put context uh, to, to, to this data We do, as I said, we do do enrich the data with the object attribute, but we can also do some enrichment regarding the weather. So let's say that I want to enrich my data with the weather at which the data was received. We can do some reverse geocoding. We can augment your data with some session analytics. So everything is done in in that process that we call the enricher. Once the data has been enriched, we we push this data into some other Kafka queue that we call rich Kafka queue, and then we have some other services that reads from this uh, from those Kafka queues and actually save data in, into the into the backend.
0: Okay, so what kinds of services are are pulling off of the rich Kafka queue?
1: So it's other some microservices that that uh, that we have written uh, on our own. There is no, there is no spark or storm or whatever third-party that uh, framework that we use to to actually read from the Kafka queue and and, and save into the uh, into the backend.
0: Hmm. So you are essentially just using your own kind of your own processing uh, stack but- that you've written.
1: But actually, you don't. You, you don't need to. You, you don't need to, to 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 have a stack to write into into, in, into a backend, right? It's you, you read from Kafka and, and you just write into in, into into your backend. That there is no need to have Storm or Spark involved in, in, in the loop. Spark or, or Storm are kind of um, uh, distributed computed fr- computed framework, right? So as we just read from Kafka queues and we save into the backend, there is actually no need of having those kind of framework uh, being involved at this point.
0: Okay, that's true. Okay, so you pull them all and store them. Where do you put them? What kind of database?
1: So actually, we have we have, we have several, uh, we have several uh, backend storage. The main storage that, that we are using is uh, Elasticsearch. But we have also MySQL, and we have also um, Cassandra. And for some use case, we, we also use um, uh, Postgres.
0: How, how do those use cases vary? Because that's a lot of different databases. For example, like why would you use Elasticsearch, and why would you use Cassandra?
1: Um, we, we use Elasticsearch uh, mainly for... You know, doing all the aggregation. So when I was saying that, okay, give me the, the average temperature uh, for all my objects, group by color and group by uh, uh, city, for example. So all those queries that 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 are kind of prescri- uh, descriptive analytics queries, we we use uh, we use Elasticsearch to answer to, to those questions all the all the the or all the uh, the the enrichment that we do for example as i said when when we receive a data and that this or this raw data and this raw data gets enriched the enrichment comes comes from somewhere right and we use cassandra to get the information that will be put in the in, in the rich events actually
0: okay so when users are specifying how they are using manubo do you ask them to specify how they're going to be querying the data and then do you store the data based on how they're going to be querying it
1: no it's completely it's completely uh, transparent for them so we we, we pro- for, for the customer we provide a, a set of apis actually the 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 the, 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 the Nubo platform for a user point of view is only based on uh, on um, on API calls so basically it's http and but for 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 the for the, the, the ease of use we we provide sdk like java sdk .net sdk python sdk so that, that actually will wrap the uh, the http calls so but basically you have two you have two um, two set of apis you have the ingestion apis which are the apis that you will be using to, to, to send data to the platform and then you will have the restitution APIs that are the set of APIs that you will be using to retrieve data and to retrieve insight from the, from, from the platform. So we have we have actually built what we've called uh, an MQL, which is the Nubo Query Language, which is actually uh, uh, a JSON format of an SQL queries.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um- so storing all of these IoT events can be a lot of data. What's your garbage collection strategy?
1: Actually, we 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 don't delete any data at all. So once once the data has been received into the platform, it gets stored and it's 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 never deleted.
0: Can users specify a TTL?
1: No. There is no so a user, for example, can say, okay, so I don't want this object anymore, so I'm going to delete this object. But we will record an event that is object deleted, and this object will not be available anymore in the in the restitution API. But the the the, the, the object will still be uh, uh, will not be deleted from the backend.
0: Wow, do is that what most IoT analytics customers want, they just don't want any of their del- data deleted ever.
1: But there is there is a value of, of, of keeping all the data, right? You why would you like to, 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 to delete data? You probably want to know how many data have been deleted or how many data are, are or how many objects have been deleted, but all the data uh, related to those objects have a value, right? If you want to do some query in the in the past, those, those those data could have a value right so and there is no point of deleting data it's it's uh, so the 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 storage is so cheap today that that you don't really want to, to to delete data actually
0: okay that's really interesting so let's let's talk for example about uh smart farms like uh in terms of cost i want i wanted to get into this discussion about smart farms cuz uh, that's one iconic example of a Manubo use case. But for example, if I'm storing all of the data from my farm, I've got like a 30-acre farm, or I don't know how big <laughs> a farm is, but how, how much would it cost to store all the IoT analytics data from that farm, uh, like all the, all the data that accumulates across the farm for <laughs> a year, you know, if if I'm going to be paying for that every year, how much how much storage would that be, and how much would that cost?
1: Uh, in in Nubo, or if you choose a, 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 a I would say a, a storage provider like um, I don't know Amazon uh, S three.
0: I'm just I'm just curious. It, it sounds it's really interesting to me that that it is actually uh it is actually co- I mean I don't doubt it it's just I, I totally believe you but it's just this is totally surprising to me that you can it, you can store all of the data from like a farm at a very cost efficient rate and so I'm just curious what what it would cost maybe it's hard to get a to get to get a general answer but I'm just I don't know maybe if you can uh, so for, give me uh, some uh, cost analysis
1: uh, at at Nubo, we, we, we don't charge, our, 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 I would say, on, uh, on the data per se, but we charge on the object. So if you have a thousand of objects that will send data, it's going to cost you something. If you have 5,000 objects, it's going to cost you something. But we don't base our pricing on how many data you will save into Nubo which is probably okay. not the case when 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 you will be using a service like um, Amazon uh, DocumentDB or, or whatever other storage that, that that these cloud providers offers.
0: Okay. So let's talk more about that smart farm example because this is a pretty interesting uh, and iconic example of how IoT analytics can be useful. Why is IoT useful for agricultural manufacturing?
1: You know, it's the reason what why we exist, right? The, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 object maker want to to understand, uh, or the object maker doesn't need to understand what is big data, right? So. Um, so the the object maker will probably or will will want to know how the how is field behave, how is field. Uh, we have an example that um, a customer is using Nubo to to save water. You know when, when you have when you have a, when you have a field, you don't want that your flood your your field right you just want to put the exact amount of water that will give you the that that will give you most of of uh, out of your field right they are not choosing a technology or they they've they been using technology not for a while so they are just it's just the beginning for for them and usually they want to to be able to um, to um, i would say um save save money and, and get the most out, out of their, their production.
0: Hmm. Farmers are are busy people and they probably don't have the time to learn a data analytics platform, metrics configurations. How can they benefit from IOT analytics without dealing with a steep learning curve of I don't know figuring out sensors and and figuring out how to assess their data in detail?
1: you know it's 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 as I said, it's why we exist right We provide them tools to to be more efficient without having to deal with the complexity of of putting in place this system right because the, the the main goal of a farmer is 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 you know to be efficient and to 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 produce more and in an efficient way so having uh, having to deal with which kind of storage with uh, am I going, uh, do you do I have to use uh, and how to organize my data all that stuff it's not the role of the farmer it's the it's it's the role of a company like Nubo to provide with tools that will help a farmer to be more efficient.
0: Okay, and one usage of, of IoT analytics that a lot of people talk about is this preventative maintenance. So you put sensors all over your tractor and you can detect from the data that is coming off of a tractor why or, or when a tractor is going to break. So is this preventative maintenance... Feature is that something that people are using Manubo for?
1: Uh, currently, no. We have no use case that involves tractor or predictive maintenance. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, that there is a lot of hype uh, around that. Uh, predictive maintenance is is being able to detect that something is going to fail, and before failing, you, you you just replace the place, and you you avoid having downtime in your in your in your in your machine, right? Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a use case where also you try to be more efficient. You 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 try to you 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 try to to find algorithms that, that are going to help you in in in, in building objects where that that will that, that for which you will have less failures.
0: Okay. Uh I mean is do you think preventative maintenance is maybe overhyped? I mean do we, can we get a, a large enough sample size with a good enough correlative data to actually predict failures?
1: Yes, for sure, there are algorithms that that you can use to do that. But every case, so but there is no generic algorithm. You There is no algorithm that say, okay, so I'm going to use this predictive algorithm for uh, finding failures or uh, in in tractor, or finding failures in uh, in some other object. So each time it's 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 an, it's it's a complete work and a complete analysis of the data to be able to find the right algorithm and being able to you know, to, to understand the past, predict the, the, the future. So it's, it's, a, it's a really hard one.
0: So let's talk more about the Manubo backend. Do you use a cloud service provider for your hosting, or do you have your own servers?
1: No, actually, we use, we use a cloud provider, which is AWS, but, but but we don't use any of their of their service. We we use an Elasticsearch that we that that we uh, that we monitor. We use Cassandra, which is the community version of Cassandra. So we just use AWS as an infrastructure as a service, but not as a software as a service.
0: Why why don't you use any of the platform
1: products? Um, because, because you know, we want to, to to be we we want to be able to move from one provider to the other uh, as we wish. We had some customer requests that uh, that were asking us. We have we already have an infrastructure on Microsoft Azure. Can you install your platform on, on, on Microsoft Azure? And we have other one that wants to have on premise our platform being installed on their premise. We have some other customer that wants us to, to, to run on, on AWS so using using redshift and DynamoDB will prevent us to move from AWS to uh, uh, to Microsoft Azure or even on uh, on a premise uh, premise environment so it's- so
0: you, you mentioned that you had a customer who is on Azure and wants Manubo's platform to be on Azure Mm-hmm. does does manubo actually have to be on the same cloud provider as the infrastructure of the customer because as I understood i thought the customer just uses manubo as a service and it doesn't really matter to that customer where manubo is hosted
1: yes usually we don't want we we don't like to have to be to, to, to install on, on, on premise on, on, a, on a specific cloud provider. We prefer to manage the platform on our own. And when we have new release, when we have new feature, it's just us that you know, manage the, at which point we install those, those features. Uh, but we, nothing prevents us to, to, to install the platform on, uh, on, uh, on every, I would say, software that runs uh, Linux, a uh, Linux kernel.
0: How does the Manubo IoT service compare to the IoT services of Azure or Amazon or Google?
1: Usually, those those services are infrastructure as a service. So you you decide. So I'm I'm going to use um, I'm going to use AWS, and then I, I will need to to decide which kind of uh, ingestion uh, event or ingestion pipeline I'm going to use. So usually, you will use probably. Um, Event Hub, and then you will need to decide on which storage you will need. You, you, you will save your data. Is, is it going to be s S3? Is it going to be Redshift? Is it going to be DynamoDB? So you will need to to go through that work and understand why one storage uh, is better for you than than another. If you use noble all those questions you don't have to ask to, uh, to ask yourself those questions. We, we just we are actually. Uh, a software as a service in comparison to an infrastructure as a service.
0: So you're more like a Dropbox, basically.
1: Exactly. So we, we just provide APIs and uh, as I explained, and, and you, you you define your object model and you use those API to ingest and to, to query the platform.
0: Okay, let's talk more about that. How can I query the Manubo platform? How do I write a query to build a dashboard or build some kind of feedback into my system?
1: So it's, a, it's a REST APIs. So we have, we have a query language that is, uh, I would say, um, kind of uh, S-Query-like language, but uh, on a JSON format. So this is uh, this is mainly the, the the only thing that you need to know is just understand SQL and just understand the NoSQL language which is similar to an SQL like queries.
0: So we seem to be moving towards a time when many businesses have a polyglot cloud um and I can imagine a situation where some huge industrial manufacturer has uh, maybe one of their teams is using Manubo. One of their teams is using Azure IoT. How well do these different IoT services integrate with each other?
1: Um, you know, it depends. It depend. As I explained, we are not at the same level, right? We, we are more a, a, a software as a service while comparison, the other are more an infrastructure as a service. So... Uh, for us to be used, you, you just need to, to use the, the the API, and you don't have to care about how the how the your your data will be ingested and how your data will be organized or how your data will be saved. So, mm-hmm. but, but but you can you you can you can you can say okay at some point I want to take all the results from my query from Nubo and save them in a, in a, in Redshift or DynamoDB. It's, it's completely you can you can do it. There is no, nothing that prevents us to, to interrupt with, with another cloud provider.
0: So talking about the broader IoT picture, I've heard that there are some queries that in IoT are just still really hard to do. There's some still some huge challenges to overcome. Uh, one of the things I read about was... Uh, po- Polygon on polygon spatial joins. I don't know what that is, but maybe can you talk about what some what what are the the difficult the big difficulties that still exist in IoT analytics? Uh,
1: you, you know, as I explained, for example, in, in, in our case, we have mainly three, three, uh, three indexes. I would say the the indexes for the owner, the indexes for the object, and the indexes for the for the event. And at some point. You will probably want to do some join between those three indexes to 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 get value right or to answer to some specific queries. So and that and uh, using this, this storage, there is no way of being able to easily do these to those joins. So it's where some framework like Spark, for example, gets gets into the, the picture, being able to to do queries then get the result of these queries and aggregate those, 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 those answers or those result into, uh, an, uh, into another, uh, I, I would say, level of, uh, of, of querying.
0: What are some of the other challenges of having so much data ingestion and storage by virtue of being an IoT platform?
1: Um, the challenge is uh, the, 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 mainly the challenge is being able to scale, right? So you, you, you want you, you want to be able to, to handle massive amount of data. So for that, you you need to, to use and to put in place uh, a framework that by themselves uh, will be able to scale. Um, for example, we all know that Kafka scales, so you can ingest a lot, uh, a lot of amount of data using Kafka. Then, you, then uh, database like, like Cassandra or database like, uh, like like Elasticsearch scales by by themselves. So the main the, the main the, the main, the, the, main uh, the main concern that you will have is, will my platform will scale with my success?
0: Do you think that the platform will continue, like the same types of, do you think that the same types of scalability tools that we use today, like Kafka and Cassandra, are those going to be enough in five years when we have gigabit internet pervasive and there's 20 billion devices that are constantly streaming data? Are these current technologies going to be good enough?
1: Probably they will evolve, right? Five years ago, all these tools were, were at, the, uh, at, the, at their beginning, right? Cassandra, Kafka, and all the even Elast- Elasticsearch, all these tools were, were, were being developed, right? So for sure, they will continue to evolve, having in mind that we will receive more and more data.
0: What are the languages that people, who, IoT developers, like consumers of Manubo services, what are they using to program? Are they using Python or Rust or JavaScript? What languages uh, are they using?
1: So as I said, we provide several SDK that that actually wrap the uh, HTTP call, uh, which actually are just wrapper, Right. So, and we, we provide a .NET SDK, we provide a Java SDK, we provide Java, uh, JavaScript SDK, Python SDK. So, we have a, we have a lot of, uh, um, I would say, a bunch of, uh, of SDK. We, we, we even have um, iOS SDK or Android SDK. So, it depends, you know, it depends what the, 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 the customer is comfortable or what, what, what are the skills in the, in the dev team of the customers.
0: And at the device level, are they using for their sensors? Are they using Raspberry Pis or Arduinos, or are they working with custom
1: microcontrollers? Uh, actually, we are not at this level, right? We, we don't we we, we don't um, we don't see what's happening in in the device itself. So basically, the the, the, the common way of using of using Nubo is is behind. A, Behind a, a gateway. So basically the object will send their data to or to a gateway and this gateway will call Nubo to to, to save or to ingest data. So the uh, w- we are not involved in the in the hardware itself.
0: So the gateway you're talking about is uh, I think typically where you have maybe a factory, Full of a bunch of IoT things that like give a bunch of temperature sensors or motion sensors, and the data from those sensors gets routed through a gateway, and then the gateway communicates with the wider internet.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay,
0: um, let's let's talk a little more broadly. How do you deal with with the handling of of data that can be very personal. I mean, IoT data, you're collecting data about homes, and uh, it's, it can be very sensitive. What are the measures that you take uh, from a security standpoint?
1: Uh, actually, it's up to the to, to, to our customer to deal with that, right? We just save what, what we receive from our customers. So if, if our customers have the right of sending personal information because a user has opt in uh, we just we will just receive this data and store those data and 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 make this data available to, to our customer so there is a, it's it's up to our customer to decide which kind of data or personal information he you want to to send in, into the new platform
0: so what about devices communicating with each other um, I, or is that? I mean, I guess is that is that in the purview of Manubo? Like, do you handle uh, events where devices are communicating with each other, or, or is it just where? I guess that that question's not really relevant. That's you because anybody could just customize how they send events to me. Yes, I suppose.
1: Uh, yes, as I said, usually we are behind a gateway. So what the devices are doing between each other. Uh, we don't. We are. We are not really involved in, in, in that part of the the, the communication.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, Jean Christophe, thanks for coming on the show. This has been really interesting conversation. I'm. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to have had you on to talk about IoT analytics.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks to Symphono for sponsoring Software Engineering Daily. Symphono is a custom engineering shop where senior engineers tackle big tech challenges while learning from each other. Check it out at simfano.com.se daily. That's symphon se daily. Thanks again, Symphono.
1: Wow.